I am Randy Martin, and I am questioning every life decision I've ever made up to this point. <laughs> I'm Kit Quinn, and insert Oh Brother, Where Art Thou reference here. I'm Tyler Green. It's day six, and somehow I am not a diabetic from watching this. Uh. <laughs> Guys, this is no easy task. Look, we knew the stakes of what we were doing when we were getting into this, but finding out what we know now, as we'll get into later, it brings this into a whole new fucking light of just how terrible this franchise really is. So, we also made someone else suffer for our sick, twisted pleasure. You know him as Doggins, you know him from his shows such as The D-List, Dave's Obsessions of the Moment, and At Home with the Dogginses. Please welcome David Ganzel! Hello! Hello! Thank you for having me. We're very sorry, Dave. (laughs) Oh, man, last time I was on a podcast with you, we were watching something terribly enjoyable. Now we're watching something terribly terrible. And the last times I was in a video with you, it was about Galaxy's Edge and a very, very mediocre Star Wars movie and that terrible Beauty and the Beast movie. So back to terrible. Kit, I just realized, is this your first thing with Dave that isn't Star Wars related? Huh. Well, Beauty and the Beast we did. Oh, that's right, yeah. Beauty and the Beast is kind of Star Wars related. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they both had an unnecessary backstory to the character's parentage. They both have a big hairy guy that everyone's really thirsty for. (laughs) (laughs) So, which Star Wars installment can we compare this to? Marfalump. I think we can all agree that the Big Rock Candy Mountain is exactly as immersive an environment as Galaxy's Edge. Big Rock Candy Hyperspace Mountain. Oh my yes. <laughs> There it is. Unfortunately, uh, the Disney Mountain we can compare this to is Splash Mountain. Yeah, oh. for a lot of reasons. Well, I mean, there were only a few songs with racist backstories in this video. <laughs> <laughs> but that was still enough. You're gonna get that when you build your media empire off of public domain children's songs. Like, I'd also make fun of the fact that it's named after a song about escaping poverty, but at least that kind of already has been kind of whitewashed by history. Then you added the racist songs, and I'm just like, you didn't even try. Yeah, they added not only Jimmy Crack Corn, which is not only a song about a slave lamenting over the death of their white master, it's also a popular minstrel show song. (laughs) The only place I knew it from for years was Futurama, so that opened my eyes quite a bit. Fried Crack Corn and I don't care, Leela Crack Corn and still don't care, Fender Crack Corn and he is great! Take that, you stupid corn! Yeah, if you ever wondered why this guy seems to be really um, incessant that he doesn't care that Jimmy cracked corn, it's because uh, Jimmy's a racist who died on a horse. <laughs> I, I wouldn't care if Jimmy cracked corn, you know? Same. How do you crack corn, anyway? <laughs> I was gonna say, we also got Nobody Knows the Trouble I've Seen, which is a song sung by slaves. Yeah, yeah just... Jesus. Good oh my lord. God. And recontextualized to be... You got some colorful spots on you now? (laughs) 
that's an equivalent struggle. It's literally just a manipulative bunny guilt tripping a little girl into the fact that he dug his own grave. He's reaping what he's sowing. <laughs> he committed assault. Good God. He should be in prison. <laughs> you know, of all the things I expected out of this movie, I didn't expect it to be boring as shit. I didn't expect it to exist, and yet here we are. My tradition with any We Sing tape is uh, skip the songs, and once again, this hour-long special was essentially condensed into like 30 to 45 minutes. <laughs> Out of curiosity, Dave, do you have a history with We Sing yourself? Uh, not much of one. I was aware of the We Sing line when I was the appropriate age for it, but I didn't have any of the videos, and I always sort of got it mixed up with kids' songs, which was the other series of videos. Oh, yeah. I used to fucking love kids' songs. And speaking of horrifying characters, what were those two gremlins called again? From, from kid uh, the, songs? The Biggles? Oh yeah, the Biggles, those creepy motherfuckers. <laughs> so I don't know if this was a kid's song tape or not, but this was like, you know, one of those cheaply made tapes with public domain songs to sell to the kids and make big, big bucks. I got it at a library when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Ruby Biggle. <laughs> I don't like it. And this is, I think, Billy Biggle? I believe it was Billy. Why does it have fan art? And here's the last thing you see before you die. <laughs> so I'm trying to remember what this tape was. It was like ocean themed. I remember there was like a conch horn involved. Oh, under the sea with we sing. Yeah. That was a we sing. It was a we sing. Yeah. I specifically remember that tape because when I watched it as a kid, um, right in the middle of it, I threw up. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I don't blame you. <laughs> Every time I throw up, I think about it. Good God. I was starting to kind of finally get why a lot of people had a lot of nostalgia for this series because two through four were actually pretty decent. The last one we reviewed was not very good, but I kind of got it. This, not a bit. Not a single bit. This is the most 1991 children's thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm kind of amazed we Sing even survived the 90s. Like, I know that the irony era of it didn't really start until, like, 92 when Smells Like Teen Spirit was released. But even still... Kids in the early 90s just wanted to be, like, cool. They were more interested in shit like this. <laughs> By the way, uh, if you can't see it, I have original Sonic the Hedgehog copy. I feel like the Wee Sings and the kids songs of the world kind of gave way to the kids bops of the world. <laughs> it stopped being about, here's traditional children's songs as like, uh, let's just have kids sing what's popular now. <laughs> <laughs> and that inspired Elsa Gate. The only thing that sucks is now we have to pay royalties. Yep. <laughs> Let's see, what are the kids listening to these days? Jimmy Crackhorn? Okay, throw it in. <laughs> <laughs> now the kids these days are listening to fucking, uh, wake me up, wake me up inside. <laughs> All the kids are depressed now. No, it's the children who are wrong. <laughs> Quick rant, you know, it's so fucking amazing that now every single kids thing now gets listed as YouTube kids stuff. So whenever I just try to look up one of my favorite Muppet scenes, I get a bunch of shit in the recommendations I don't want. Like, hey, you love that really beautiful song that Harry Belafonte did for the Muppet Show? Why don't you watch Ryan's World next? Hey, you like Fritz the Cat? I'm sure you'll love Coco Melon. <laughs> no! I'm not kidding. The scene with the heroin shooting Nazi bunny is listed as for kids. Oh, no. You know, maybe turning over all of our decision-making to algorithms was a bad idea. You think? 
I realize we are so far off topic at this point, and uh, it's more interesting than actually talking about the video. But (laughs) not with We Sing, but with kids' songs, when they finally turned it from a video series into just a regular PBS television show, that was one I watched, not because I cared about any of the songs, but because the framing device for that was... A bunch of kids ran to the local TV station and convinced the owners to let them put on a television show. (laughs) That was such wish fulfillment for me at a young age. Like, they would cut to kids in the control booth, like, on the mixer board and everything. And I was like, I want to do all that. It's UHF babies. Yeah, they convinced the studio they didn't (laughs) children of the corn them or anything. (laughs) (laughs) So wish fulfillment, that is the word I was looking for because all this time I was calling this genre of like tape like child power fantasy. (laughs) It also felt like they were trying to make their own version of Disney sing-along songs, except you know what the sing-along songs actually did? They gave captions so you could sing along. My favorite story about Disneyland sing-along is that when I first saw that as a kid, Um, it kind of put into my head that Disneyland isn't real. Oh. So for the longest time, (laughs) until when I was five years old and I finally went to Disney World, well, you know, same thing, more or less to a kid. I didn't even remember my parents telling me we're going to Disney World. Whatever they said to me involving that, I was not picturing what I saw on the tape. (laughs) So I I really thought Disneyland was not real. I was like, this place is way too good to be true. And then I'm walking down Main Street. I see the castle and Mickey Mouse. And I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) I mean, Disney World by then still had the country bears, so. (laughs) By the way, I love the country bear jamboree. I'll die on that hill. We sang Blood on the Saddle when. I did check um, the Nazi bunny scene too. Uh, They delisted that as for kids. They took that off. But I do remember when I was watching that. It was on for kids. <laughs> Good lord. I wonder why so many kids fall into a white supremacy rabbit hole. Ah, rabbit hole. <laughs> Get it? Get it? Because the rabbit's a Nazi. <laughs> Little bunny foo-foo hole. Ugh. I would love to throw him down a hole. I have not been watching the other We Sings along with you, so I don't know how many of the things that jumped out to me are things you've already addressed. Like the shockingly high number of writer credits. <laughs> Yeah, we didn't talk about that, actually. And it's always the same group of writers. And and it's like four people, and then you watch the thing, and it's like, there were barely even four lines of dialogue. How did it take this many people to write it? <laughs> <laughs> or at the very beginning, We Sing Productions presents a We Sing production, We Sing. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like, directed by Tommy Wiseau, written by Tom and Wiseau. <laughs> Exactly. It's the two Wiseau Films logo and then all the Tommy Wiseau credits. It's the same exact thing. Tommy Wiseau in the Big Rock Candy Mountains. Wiseau sings. (laughs) No! (laughs) Or it's like that episode of Parks and Rec where Leslie basically just made a film all by herself. (laughs) In the Wiseau Candy Mountains. (laughs) Oh, hi, Mark. (laughs) Oh, hi, Snoodle Doodles. (laughs) Oh, no. Big Rock Candy Mountain has been crushed. <laughs> That's walking, but I'll take it. Walking, why so? They're barely different with the impressions anyway. Yay! Eh, they came from the same test tube, let's be honest. <laughs> So I guess what makes this tape unique is that there's only one kid this time and then like the kid I guess is supposed to go through an arc that's barely present. Also, I I gotta say, this tape is extraordinarily HD. Like when I saw the We Sing logo, 
I thought I must have been on, like, the official channel or something, because it looked like high-def YouTube quality, and then I see the tape, and I'm like, oh my god, how well was this preserved? Somebody really made a point of upscaling this for YouTube, and, uh, credit to that person for knowing what they want to do with their time. I don't know if anyone watching this has seen that HD tape footage of, like, New York City in 1993, but it was almost, like, as good quality as that. I'm impressed. The tiniest amount of credit I'll give this fucking movie is that the production value is actually pretty good. Like, unlike We Sing Together, it's not just like a boring background. It actually looks like they took a lot of time to make this look like a candy mountain. It's too bad the costumes can't be said the same. Yeah, um, I think the budget for the costume and paying their 50 million writers went to this instead. I was honestly more impressed that the backyard and the framing device was actually shot outdoors in a yard and not <laughs> Because, <laughs> again, I'm immediately comparing this to, like, the early Barney in the Backyard gang sort of videos where even the backyard there was so clearly a cheap soundstage. <laughs> so to actually just, like, oh, like, they shot outdoors. On the one hand, that's cheaper. But on the other hand, like, actually shooting outdoors, like controlling the light and everything is not as easy as people think it is, so... Still, it's probably even cheaper, actually, to just ask one of the production people, hey, can we use your backyard? Sure, thanks. Because, <laughs> <laughs> again, I didn't grow up with Wee Sing. I did a little bit of research, and I don't know how much you all have already covered, but I found out that the Wee Sing songbook line was introduced by Price Stern Sloan, huh. which was a publisher I know something about. Because Price Stern Sloan was a publishing company uh, which was since absorbed by Penguin Random House. Those damn penguins. <laughs> it was founded by Roger Price, Larry Sloan, and Leonard Stern in order to publish Mad Libs, which uh, Roger Price and Leonard Stern created. Huh. Leonard Stern also is a legendary comedy writer. Like, he wrote for The Honeymooners. He was the executive producer of Get Smart. Holy fuck! <laughs> He's done all this stuff, and then, basically, he retired off of creating Mad Libs and co-founding the publishing company that ran Mad Libs. And I don't think Leonard Stern had any direct involvement with We Sing, other than just his company being the one that put it out. But it looks like uh, Larry Sloan's daughter is the one who directed this video. <laughs> yeah, Claudia Sloan. Yeah, I was saying this could use some more domestic violence. <laughs> oh. Go to your room, Randy. Wait, this tape actually does have domestic violence in it. One of these days, Meesey Mice. Pop <laughs> <laughs> on the head. <laughs> So they have the budget to make the production value look good, but they don't have the budget to actually make stuffed animals out of the snoodle doodles. So they just have the yeah. snoodle doodles <laughs> in their costumes just lying on the ground. They're just terrifying full-sized humans just lying there while kids are running around playing hide and seek and <laughs> a child hides behind them. Yes. <laughs> See, you know that child is the one who killed them and turned them into teddy bears. <laughs> Yay! So do you just expect me to believe that this girl is just bringing these giant fucking life-size teddy bears slash human carcasses to school every day? <laughs> I mean, it would make for an even darker Barney reboot, as you know, but who knows? It's like that scene in um, uh, American Horror Story Season 4 where Dandy, like, turns all those people he killed into puppets. Now you're my puppet mother! <laughs> the Snoodle Doodles also looked a little too much like the furry from The Shining. <laughs> they do! Oh my god! Also, they're these bear-like creatures that constantly make these stupid jokes, and I'm like, gee, where have I heard that before? 
<laughs> and at least in context, Fozzie was never actually supposed to be funny. Meanwhile, all these people are like, oh, your jokes are so hilarious. I'm like... Knock, knock. Who's, Who's there? Al. Al who? I'll see you in hell. <laughs> Yay. Knock, knock. Who's, Who's there? there? Kill me. Kill, kill me, me who? Please, God, I'm fucking begging you to kill me. <laughs> it's not a joke. Please kill me. So the little girl in this is supposed to learn, oh, she has to learn not to always just expect everybody to play what she wants to play. Oh, yeah, because it's like, you know, they're playing hide and seek. And then the kid's like, I don't want to play hide and seek anymore. Uh, I got a new soccer ball. And then the little girl's like, I don't, don't want to play soccer. And they're like, all right, fine. You can just fuck off then. We'll just go play with the damn soccer ball and i'm like suck it up it's a soccer ball you can pick <laughs> it around for a few minutes and deal with it <laughs> but also nobody seems to be that mean about it they're all just like eh, i don't feel like playing that okay we'll see you later and it doesn't really seem like it's actually a source of conflict it's sort of just a non-issue if anything and i've noticed this it feels like the kids are just really rushing through their lines not just the girl who plays lisa but the other two kids as well they really how about my fort? Want to play in my fort? Uh, no. Let's go to Eric's. Come on. Yeah, I, I never want to be too hard on child actors because I know child acting is hard. I have a lot of respect for child actors. Yeah. My wedding was officiated by a former child actor. Oh. Yes. Hi, Mara. Hi, we Mara. <laughs> I don't want to be too hard on the kids because I'm sure they were just doing what they were directed to do to the best of their abilities. Whoever was directing them was definitely rushing them through, like, Lisa tags the other girl and it's like, you're it. And immediately she's like, I don't feel like playing anymore. So the only real takeaway is that everybody wants to play hide and seek until they have to be the one who's it. And then they just, it's like, screw this, I'm done. <laughs> I have a theory. I feel like there's really kind of no such thing as a bad child actor, just like an adult who's bad at directing children. Like, see Spielberg versus Lucas. Like, Spielberg's great with child actors. Lucas, eh. <laughs> Lucas just doesn't like actors. <laughs> All you have to do is compare E.T. to The Phantom Menace. Exactly. <laughs> Ron Howard told a story of when he was working on American Graffiti and he told George Lucas, I was thinking about getting into directing and George Lucas said, oh, you should direct animation. It's great. You don't have to work with actors at all. <laughs> and Ron Howard is thinking, that's a weird thing to say to your lead actor, but okay. <laughs> hey, you can just scream at the drawings. It's the same thing. Who cares? No, the good part about animation is that the actors can do literally anything without worrying about like safety and ethics. <laughs> Honestly, my takeaway is that We Sing needed an Arrested Development narrator. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> they did not enjoy their time at the Big Rock Candy Mountain. <laughs> but yeah, the beginning of this arc honestly feels like the end of another children's show arc where it's like, they learn to accept that they don't always have to do everything together if they're not in the mood for it. Great. No problem now. They can go their separate ways and hang out when they want to. Roll credits in the Big Rock Candy Mountains. <laughs> <laughs> and so then the little girl is just like, okay, mom, I'm going to go with the snoodle doodles off to the big rock candy fountain. And I can just tell the mom is just like, I should call her therapist next week. What's the phone number of that psychiatrist again? <laughs> 
I like how the mom just isn't even questioning how this girl has two adult-sized stuffed animals in her backyard. She just goes with it. She's not questioning it because she knows that if she does, she's also going to become one of those stuffed animals. So. <laughs> it's like the old horror story about the, uh, like, we don't have a clown statue. Get out of there. <laughs> oh, it's like that Twilight Zone episode with, like, the little boy who can, like, make anything happen so everyone's just fucking terrified of him. It's good that you turned them into snoodle doodles. It's very good. <laughs> it's okay that you don't want lunch. I I hope you have fun at Rock Candy Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote this line down because, again, it wasn't the child actor that bothered me. It was just the scripted dialogue the child actor was forced to read just seemed so clunky, is when she's talking to the snoodle doodles who are still asleep at this point, <laughs> and then her mom calls her. Then she says... It's probably lunchtime. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. And I was like, what a very specific wording that uh, (laughs) is very odd. (laughs) I I like that she said it's probably lunchtime. It's probably lunchtime. We're probably going to Disney World. We're probably going to the vet. (laughs) Mom and dad are probably getting a divorce. (laughs) And so she excitedly runs over because it's probably lunchtime and then says, I don't need lunch. We're going to the Big Rock Candy Mountain. (laughs) We got invited to a very special picnic today. Okay, then why did you specifically get excited when your mom was coming out to tell you it was lunchtime? Because nobody in this movie thinks about anything. That's why. (laughs) (laughs) Also, that playground looked like it was going to crumble the moment the Snoodle Doodles climbed on it. Like, Not only did that little slide when the Snoodle Doodles went on it, two grown-ass adults in big, bulky, like, cowardly lion costumes sitting on the slide with a child at the same time. And then in the credits, I see that there was a physician on set. (laughs) That is probably why I was fully expecting something horrible to happen. They had heat stroke every five minutes, probably. (laughs) How dangerous was this set that they needed a physician? Oh, shit, little bunny foo-foo. You don't look so good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Lisa, I don't feel so good. All right, and so how many things that we watch this year are going to remind me of Horizons? Because that rainbow tunnel, I swear to God. All aboard for a trip through the tunnel is surprise. <laughs> I don't remember buying any mushrooms lately. When they were going down that slide, I expected Mike Myers to turn to the camera and plug Universal Studios. <laughs> Cha-ching! <laughs> this was made by MCA Universal, so... <laughs> Also, the more and more this series goes on, the more and more shitty these effects get. Oh, I can imagine. I can understand how hard it may be to actually look like you're sliding down a rainbow tunnel, but this is just some PowerPoint shit. It really is. Just... (laughs) You know, like, that purposefully bad green screen editing people do sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, this. It's, It's yet another thing I can compare to the fucking, like, Las Vegas carpet ride tapes. (laughs) (laughs) Also, take a shot that every time while they're singing Big Rock Candy Mountain, they change a line that was initially about alcohol. (laughs) Dead by the end of it. (laughs) You mean take a shot of candy. Ah! (laughs) Take a lemonade. (laughs) Take a shot of soda pop and vinegar. (laughs) Which sounds disgusting, but okay. Well, to be fair, uh, so is most alcoholic beverages. So we get introduced to the next characters, Kaizo, Felicity, and Profster. And I just got to say, Profster is what happens if Toucan Sam started watching Jordan Peterson. Profster looked like Elton John wearing X the Owl's skin. (laughs) (laughs) It really did! Have you ever asked yourself, 
Man, I wonder what it would be like if Ben Shapiro was a bird. Now, see, theoretically, if there was a big rock candy mountain. (laughs) (laughs) Let's say, hypothetically, hair is just another word for bunny. Which is not true, but let's roll with it. (laughs) Nope, not even remotely, because, and also my rabbit takes offense to that, so. (laughs) Hairs are entirely different. Bunnies are cute little balls of fuzz. Hairs are like weird, slender giant-eared, weird-eyed creatures. Seriously, if Alice in Wonderland can differentiate between a rabbit and a hare, why can't this? So yeah, Profster the Owl speaks in quote-unquote wise cliches that none of the kids have ever heard before. And then Felicity has to explain them every single fucking time. Felicity translates them to English, but doesn't usually make them sound any more clear with her phrases. (laughs) They really don't. I just really wanted Felicity to just snap and say, you know what, asshole? I am not entitled to be your translator. You say this normally or I am walking out of here, dude. (laughs) Why did they hang out with him? (laughs) Again, I don't know how much oversight they had being self-published videos and not having a network or anything, but it feels like somebody at the office was like, Uh, You're making the owl sound too smart. You got to dumb down the owl's dialogue a little bit so that the kids can still understand it the first time, even though you're still re-explaining it again. (laughs) It's like, congratulations. Now you just made him sound like those weird smarmy assholes who insert random big smart sounding words into their sentences where they don't fucking belong. Every time he talked, I just kept expecting Rizzo to say, what'd you do, swallow a dictionary or something? (laughs) (laughs) And to make him even more insufferable... He has this really over-the-top British accent that sounds a bit too much like this. (laughs) And good God, I just wanted to punt him so bad. God. Also, I'm just going to say it. Someone out there probably has a fetish for Felicity because... Ah. (laughs) Bye. I'm out. See, here's the thing. The costume designs were all creepy, but I've seen worse in children's media. I grew up with Christian children's media, so this is nothing compared to Salty, the singing songbook, you know? Oh, God. Wait, so you grew up on Salty unironically? At a certain point. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. Here's the thing. I had one of the Salty videos, and then we borrowed a different one from the church library, and... In the one I had, the actor playing Salty did not have a beard under the blue makeup. (laughs) In the one we checked out from the library, he had a full beard under the blue makeup, and that was where I drew the line. That was where I was like, nope, this is terrifying. (laughs) I remember there's a Salty video where he sings, give me that old time religion. That's as close as he's going to get to straight up gay bashing. Good lord. Um, old time religion involved stoning people for the minorest of offenses? Or maybe Salty is a closeted pagan? I mean, they do have an atheist Jewish rat as the villain, so... Yeah. Uh, we don't talk about that. So speaking of things that are only slightly more Christ-like, <laughs> I'm just going to say it also, Kaizo gave me Mayor Ben vibes. We are not your fucking Zubarus, Kaizo. I wish I didn't remember that. So I guess now he's going to be Will Smith's deadbeat dad in Fresh Prince. Just <laughs> fucking little bunny foo-foo just going, how come he don't want me, man? Also, Winnie the Pooh has horrifying mouse children. The meesy mice. The greasy mice. They have the body of Winnie the Pooh. 
They have the stripes of Piglet, so I'm gonna assume these are the unholy offspring of Winnie the Pooh and Piglet. This is what happens when the 100 acre wood goes on nuclear meltdown. <laughs> and so the Meesey Mice are talking about how, oh, Villa Bunny Foo Foo literally beat the shit out of us, and then they cue the song, which I fucking hate that song. I'm sorry. This was where I could tell, okay, they are padding this to get it out to an hour long because they screech the song to a halt between verses to have redundant dialogue setting up the next verse, which no other children's media needs to do with the song Little Bunny Foo Foo. Like, they full-on stop the music, and everyone's like, oh no, that's awful. And the Meesey Mice are like, oh, it gets worse. The next day, he did it again. And then they just start the next verse, and it's like, you could have just gone right into the next verse, and we would have rolled with it, you know? <laughs> There's literally a scene later on where they do the exact same song and dance yes. routine, but backwards. Yeah. Little bunny foo-foo hopping through the forest, scoping out the meesey mice and shooting them in the head. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bit later where they're doing, like, follow the leader or something, and the snoodle doodles are like, okay, but can you do that all again really fast and backwards? <laughs> I just rewind! <laughs> Lisa's like, of course we can! And then they play the footage in reverse, but it's like... Why are you letting these snoodle doodles boss you around like that? Exactly. Like, what a weird demand to make of your friends in the game that you sat out. Can you do it really fast and backwards? I don't know, bitch, can you? <laughs> Just push them off the mountain, the end. Oh shit, I think I sat on the remote. <laughs> The lesson Lisa actually learns is she goes back to her friend's house and says, okay, you can kick the soccer ball around, but can you do it really fast and backwards? <laughs> I was really hoping it would be like a fucking Captain Marvel moment where she just beats the shit out of them and says, I don't have to prove anything to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then the man babies are going to make a big deal out of it for the next week. Exactly. Uh, I can't believe Lisa is wokeifying the Big Rock Candy Mountain. Also, Kit and Randy, were any of the Meesey mice familiar to you by any chance? Kinda. No, I was too busy being horrified. Well, I noticed that one of them had a particularly squeaky voice, so I decided to look it up. It turns out that was fucking Polly from King Cole's Party. Of course. Oh, shit. <laughs> from the duo Polly and Suki with the Betty Boop voices. I guess, because I guess they were starting to get all the old cast back together for this, but they were like, here, here, you can have a hundred dollars, here, here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I respect them for giving people recurring work. <laughs> Yeah, and this was all in the Portland theater scene, too, so they were all doing this locally, which, yeah, respect. So how many times did the fairy give little bunny Fufu a chance to stop being an asshole to the mice? Because they were all, he did it again this morning, and I was like, wouldn't he have turned into a goon then? Because... Which, is she really a good fairy if she has to resort to... Punishing someone by making them physically deformed? If you can even call that physically deformed. Yeah, that's true, but I still question her ethics. I mean, I guess you could argue the same of the blue fairy from Pinocchio, because she could have just given Geppetto a child to begin with, but also Geppetto was kind of an asshole, so... I mean, at least Pinocchio started his life as a hunk of wood anyway. Yeah, true. There is no such thing as a non-abusive Geppetto. Change my mind. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I used to play bass for non-abusive Geppettos. <laughs> also, this, so there's just so much fucking padding in this. Like, there's a scene where they just start chasing each other around with ribbons. And then also, they start singing the fuck, what was it? What, Ring Around the Rosie? Yeah, which, great to hear that during an actual plague. <laughs> <laughs> Ring around the COVID, a pocket full of 
even more COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Streaming services, streaming services, we've all got a fever. And then they end the song by saying, once we fall down, the first person who laughs loses. You don't know how badly I wanted nobody to laugh, and it would just be dead silence for the rest of the video. The remaining 45 minutes is just them all lying there. (laughs) (laughs) No little bunny foo-foo, just roll the credits, it's over. Yay, when the night... (laughs) I have in my notes, and I can't remember when this happened, because... There's no real structure here. It's just a bunch of songs leading into each other. Yeah. But at one point, Lisa brags about, I'm good at tying my shoes. And then we see her immediately fuck up tying her shoes. (laughs) So she needs to get a new shoelace. I am very engaged in the shoe tying action. This is exactly what I tuned into this video for. (laughs) Nothing else. We sing. We then cut to a close up of the shoe tying, which made me check, are we sure Dan Schneider had nothing to do with this series? No! (laughs) Also, speaking of horrifying, that fly and bee wedding. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that goes against several laws of nature. First of all, that's literally bestiality. I think if they're both sentient, then it's okay. I think. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they're both insects, so I guess you could reach... Also, that fly looked way too much like Mr. Hanky. (laughs) 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 I'll give the bug sequence this. I thought the puppetry was less creepy than the human-sized animal costumes. Yeah. I think if I had seen those puppets, like, they had a very handcrafted charm to them. And I think if I, like, encountered that puppet show at a roadside attraction or something, I would be like, this is my favorite place I've ever been. Yes. For some reason, they gave me the same vibes as, like, any of the animatronics at Storyland in New Hampshire, if anyone has been there. I've seen... Footage, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, this did give me a bit of a Sid and Marty Croft vibe, but at least Sid and Marty Croft does have kind of a weird charm to it. This was just... Uh. I liked that the puppets all looked like they were made in an afternoon out of paper mache, but again, I would have liked that seeing it in person. Seeing it on a video that people spent money to produce, I was like, you could do a little more than this, right? Like, at the least, if you're going to have that much of a budget for your production, you could at least bother putting it into the other stuff. But no, we got to pay those infinite riders, I guess. (laughs) I have to wonder if things like the puppet show, if those were more attempts to pad out the tape without having to pay child actor rates to have Lisa in shot. (laughs) Possibly. Also, they cut back to little buddy Fufu and the Meesey Mice, and then guess what he fucking does? So I just really wanted the Curb Your Enthusiasm song to play. One last thought on the puppet show wedding. The bug preacher rushes through, I now pronounce you husband and wife, you may now kiss the bee so quickly <laughs> that I was like, where, where, where do you have to be? Now it is what brings us together today. Also, one thing I need to say about that segment, I actually did kind of like it because it reminded me a lot of this music video from this album called The Butterfly Ball and the Grasshopper's Feast. Hmm. Where it's basically the same exact vibe as this, but it's animated. Oh. And it's sung by Ronnie James Dio, of all people. Oh, nice. Oh, shit. I highly recommend it. I will give this sequence credit. It feels like it would be the background of, like, a They Might Be Giants music video or something, so. 
I just did not like the crickets. They were weird looking and their violins were very offbeat and it gave me bad vibes. These are the ancient ancestors of the James and the Giant Peach bugs. <laughs> <laughs> kind of going back to the BC my scene, I got a huge fucking laugh on how it was just zooming in on Bunny Fufu and he was like, it was in this moment that he knew he had fucked up. <laughs> oh, to follow yeah. up on what Dave said about the bugs being ancient ancestors, uh... Considering um, most bugs' lifespans are like three days, you are fully correct <laughs> to say that the 90s is probably ancient history according to, like, bugs and insects. <laughs> <laughs> also, one of the bugs, Fritzy, sounded way too much like Frank Oz, honestly. Oh my god, you're right! I'm building a house for the fly and the bumblebee! See? I'm almost done! There's no way they could afford Frank Oz for this. Maybe Frank Oz has, like, an uncredited role, kind of like how uh, Mel Brooks is the uncredited producer of The Fly. <laughs> <laughs> and so then it cuts to just them all going up the Candy Mountain, which I guess is the first sign this is an actual mountain, for God's sake. Yeah, they go to Stew Lake, which, I'm not gonna lie, Stew is not one of the things I think of that should be in a lake. <laughs> If there was an actual lake of something, I would expect it to be, like, pudding or or soda or something sweet. Not, like, beef stew. What the fuck? So what you're saying is, that's not stew! <laughs> <laughs> I walked right into that one. Like you were talking about earlier, where it goes back to Little Bunny Foo Foo, where he's, like, high on cocaine, just running in there, just so hyperactive, bopping them on the head. Little bunny foo-foo, watch your speed. <laughs> <laughs> Little bunny foo-foo hopping through the forest, looking for a quick fix. He bops him on the head, he immediately realizes he fucked up. It's just that horror movie POV shot from the Good Fairies bubble just coming in on him. <laughs> <laughs> Roll credits. <laughs> and I was like, this was the one moment where the director actually decided to put effort into directing. Hell yeah. <laughs> Is that a semblance of cinematography in this thing? Also, can we talk about that baby bird? What the fuck was oh, that? How the fuck does we Sing make baby birds look terrifying? I mean, to be fair, most baby birds are pretty fucking ugly. <laughs> I know, but at least in kid shows, they make them look like the cutest thing ever. This just has, like, the worst giant eyes. First thing they do, completely disregard all science and say that a hare and a bunny are the same thing. Oh, but now suddenly you want to be scientifically accurate when you make the baby bird ugly as shit. <laughs> <laughs> Did we skip the part with the song about the bug who was building the house for the bugs? Yeah, that contributes nothing. I skipped that song. <laughs> so that song is like, Fritzy hammers with one, hammer one, one hammer, hammer one, hammer. Yeah. And then keeps adding another, Fritzy hammers with two hammers. Like, it's all the characters just watching this bug work and singing about what they're doing. You know what I love when I'm doing manual labor? Everybody sitting around just singing about every little step I take of the process. <laughs> Back when I worked at Starbucks, I loved when all the customers would be like, Dave steams a pitcher of milk, pitcher of milk, pitcher of milk. <laughs> Dave adds one pump of vanilla, one pump of vanilla, one pump of vanilla. Dave adds two pumps of vanilla. Oh, Randy's getting in the car, in the car, in the car. Randy puts the pizza <laughs> in the trunk, in the trunk. Randy puts the keys in the ignition, in the ignition. 
Randy contemplates driving off a bridge, driving off a bridge. <laughs> I would have fucking loved if suddenly just the bug accidentally like smashed his thumb or something and they just kept singing like he smashed his thumb, he smashed his thumb, he's probably gonna die. <laughs> the bug is yelling, ow, fuck, oh shit, my thumb. The bug does not have health insurance yet. He is fucked. Also, Bug Vila. <laughs> yeah! There it is. Oh yeah, we forgot to talk about the trash elephant too. Good! God. That's a thing. <laughs> it looks like a real cheap recreation of an It's a Small World animal. Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of expecting him to go, eh, it's a living. You can't throw that in the trash. You need to recycle. <laughs> Meanwhile, if a trash elephant started talking to me, I'd just shit myself. I would probably say to that elephant, hey, listen, fuckwad. Doesn't matter if I recycle or not, because 70% of carbon emissions and plastic waste can be tracked down to, like, three companies. <laughs> hey, kids, want to know what it would look like if the Pee-wee's backgrounds had no charm to them whatsoever? Meet the <laughs> trash elephant. Man, the Bedrock USA Park, uh, really took a turn. No wonder it got abandoned. <laughs> but just imagine going to, like, an abandoned theme park and seeing that. <laughs> I feel like I'm skipping over a bunch of this tape, but so much of it just doesn't contribute to the plot. Well, there's one where the two, like, uh, whatever the fuck those bears are called again. Snoodle doodles. The snoodle doodles. That is information I will have in my brain now. <laughs> <laughs> There's one part where they, like, just decide not to eat, and it turns out they ate a bunch of fucking candy or some shit before it, but I didn't see them do that. I saw them break off at, like, one point when they're going off the mountain and, like, look at one of the candy flowers and take it, but it didn't look like they were constantly doing that. It was also just, like, if you look away from the screen for, like, two seconds on this tape, you're gonna miss a whole bunch of shit just because nothing builds on anything. It's just a lot of stuff happening... And then you can miss something and not even know that you missed anything. So taking notes for this was a challenge. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me of that, Dave, because there's a bit where they lick, like, two fucking peppermints. And they share, like, this really fucking sensual look with each other. Here, let me share it. <laughs> they were lesbians. Changed my mind. I mean, I don't know what Snoodle and Doodle's relationship to each other is, but that definitely uh, is a look of longing. <laughs> <laughs> they just wanted to be careful not to get sued by the Willy Wonka, I guess. <laughs> and then they decide to fuck off and just do their own thing. So they go to this really unconvincing lake and sing, row, row, row your boat. And guess what? It goes nowhere. Well, here's where it goes. Because uh, this is around the time Lisa gets concerned that little bunny Fufu has not shown up to the picnic yet. So she goes off to look for him. They're singing Row, Row, Row Your Boat. And they're like, wait, we can't sing gently down the stream because this is a lake. So they have to change the lyrics. And that's where that scene goes. Yay, creative liberties. And then when Lisa is walking by on her quest to look for little bunny Fufu... She gets caught up in singing with them so they can have three people to sing around. It's like, yeah, I know I'm on this important mission to track down our lost friend, but songs take priority. It's not called We Friend, it's called We Sing. They're not even rowing the damn boat, they're just sitting in place. <laughs> but also, Lisa gets there and she already knows what they changed the lyrics to. They change it to Gently Down the Lake, Life's a Piece of Cake. And she's singing correctly. Like, they don't have to teach her their new made-up lyrics. They're telepathically connected, I guess. <laughs> also, they're in a banana boat, because get it? <laughs> uh. Where's Jaws when you need them? At first, I thought they were kind of keeping it ambiguous. Like, oh, is this all in Lisa's imagination, or is it really happening? 
Except then they just give up on that and it's like, no, this is all really happening. <laughs> but like the fact that Lisa knows what they're thinking already is a clue that it would be all in her imagination. <laughs> but I really think it's just they didn't put any thought into it. So Lisa is just the chess master of Big Candy Mountain and everybody is her pawns. <laughs> It's Wonder Park all over again. Fuck. <laughs> so Lisa finally finds little bunny Fufu, who's now been turned into a goon. She says, you look so completely goony. But he looks exactly the same, except with like fruity pebbles smushed all over him. <laughs> he looks like he's been crossed with a twister mat. That's the only thing different about him now that he's a goon. His ears are like slightly like messed up you know what he looked less horrifying in the goon form than he did as his bunny self just so wait are they saying that bunnies whose ears aren't upright are goons i think bon bon might have something to say about that oh my god bon you're a goon <laughs> bon bon writes y'all <laughs> so many of these costumes were like the unsuccessful prototypes of the adventures in wonderland costumes <laughs> like they really were so, yeah, this is where little bunny Fufu gets all dramatic and sings, nobody knows the trouble I've seen, you know, comparing the plight of the slaves to just having your fur mussed up. Good lord. This is essentially, like, the exact story of Joel Chandler Harris, who uh, got along and related to the plight of the African slaves because he was teased in school for being a redhead. This is the green book of We Sing. <laughs> I know exactly how it feels to be a target of racism. Someone on the internet called me a cracker. <laughs> we Sing of the South. <laughs> Soon to be replaced by We Sing Princess and the Frog. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> it's complicated because I don't want to let them off the hook for this decision, but I also know that they were in no way alone in doing this sort of thing in children's media at the time, because if you're dealing with public domain children's songs, it's hard to completely avoid ones that have that sort of baggage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or ones that are just straight up racist, like Turkey in the Straw. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So every time you're listening to uh, Do Your Ears Hang Low, uh, just know that that song had a hard R N-word in it. Oh. Well, now I have more reason to hate it. <laughs> you know what's fucked up, though? The one thing I associate this song with outside of, you know, the really bad stuff is that there was a bit on the Big Bang Theory where Sheldon was singing this. Oh. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Nobody knows my sorrow. Oh. Good fucking Lord. I mean, when I was a kid, I always thought it was a prison song, because not only does Zazu sing it in The Lion King when he's, you know, captured by Scar, but then Princess Vespa is singing it in, like, that deep voice when she was uh, captured by Dark Helmet, so I always thought it was a prison song. <laughs> Which makes it even worse that he's trivializing incarceration so much, too, as well as slavery. And he's doing just this, like hammy interpretive dance as he's like going all woe is me while he's singing this like he's moving all around the space it's like god get the fuck over yourself dude <laughs> i did this to myself and i feel terrible i'm the bad guy in this situation feel bad for me and it's 
like barely a problem. Listen, dude, just take a shower. You'll be fine. Also, why don't girls date me? I'm a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> also, they try to fucking both sides him and the Meesey Mice because the Meesey Mice yes! are like, we should try to learn how to play what you want to play too. Those situations are not equal to each other. Why are you doing this to yourselves? The thing is, listen, this would be a good lesson if it wasn't for the fact that the game Little Bunny Foo-Foo wants to play is Assault. They both sides this, being like, we should have been more understanding of you, too. And, again, this is like 43 minutes in, we finally get a payoff to the opening framing device where... It's like this is paralleling the fact that Lisa and her friends didn't want to play the same thing, which, again, was okay that they didn't want to play the same thing all the time. Oh, but now this is the parallel in the arc that was completely unnecessary. I mean, at least they didn't try to do a, oh, yeah, boys will be boys kind of thing, but... Uh. God. No, they just said uh, you have to compromise with boys being boys. You have to join in with that. But also, as much as Little Bunny Foo-Foo is being all woe is me, please feel sorry for me, the Snoodle Doodles are not being any less awful when basically their solution is force yourself to smile, you asshole. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) They sing the, hey kids, fuck your depression song. Yeah, the same fucking song from the Barney Halloween special we did. Bury your feelings deep down (laughs) give me a smile sweetheart ah whatever you bitch you're ugly i never wanted to fuck you anyway your depression is invalid now go out there and have fun (laughs) yep at one point i didn't write down which character says this but at one point one character says the phrase bopping didn't solve anything and those are words to live by (laughs) (laughs) it solves nothing in this world apparently except when you bop a nazi you hear that randy i don't know what you're talking about bop it has solved all my problems not only has bopping it solved my problems so it's twisting it and pulling it (laughs) so is it me or did the fairy speech just come up almost as a ripoff of the fairy speech as she's turning pinocchio into a human little bunny foo-foo Because you are truly sorry, and because you have apologized, you deserve another chance. So, I will turn you back into your real self. Pinocchio didn't even really do anything bad besides, you know, give in to peer pressure. This rabbit is committing assault. Little Bunny Foo-Foo gives this non-apology where he explains his side of the story. They both sides it. And then the cancel culture fairy has deemed his apology worthy and decides to uncancel him. Little bunny foo-foo literally just walked up to them and said, Hey, oh my god, I'm so sorry I bopped you on the head. I can't help it. I'm just such an Aquarius son. Can't help it. I have um, asparagus in Jupiter, so that's just how I am. <laughs> Little bunny foo-foo sincerely regrets that you felt that way. Oh! oh. <laughs> Also, I was kind of skimming through the credits, but I couldn't really find this. Was the person who played the fairy the same person who played the mom? I guess? They looked the same, but I don't think so. I I, I browsed IMDb and I didn't see a lot of uh, double casting on IMDb, so... Does anything else happen in this fucking movie? A little bit. Once Little Bunny Foo-Foo gets ungooned, everybody starts celebrating him and sings for He's a Jolly Good Fellow... Which nobody can deny. Let me tell you, I can deny him being a jolly good fellow. (laughs) The bare minimum. And he still doesn't want to play what the Macy Mice play, so he's just, well, to be fair, it is a racist song, so. He's like, but I can't tell my left hand from my right hand. 
Neither can I. So <laughs> they want to play Jimmy Crack Corn, and I was just like, "Wow, you're you're really steering into this." Listen, the reason I don't want to play Jimmy Crack Corn is because, well, I just don't care. <laughs> Everybody should have just been like, "Well, okay," then just yeet him off the fucking mountain. The end. <laughs> <laughs> the last note I have is I think Profster says like practice makes perfect or something, and it's translated as doing it over and over again helps you get it right. And I just wrote down, "You sure? Because this is your sixth video, and you sure haven't gotten it right." <laughs> <laughs> you know, it makes sense that this song was in "Oh Brother, Where Art Thou?" because watching this tape made me feel like I was in prison. I mean, there is a bit at the end where the mom starts to suspect something's going on because she hears the snoodle doodles laugh (laughs) and then she just doesn't so the little girl is basically keeping her in a trance remember if the mom says anything she becomes a snoodle doodle too (laughs) so the lesson lisa learns is i just need to suck it up and play what my friends want to play even though they wouldn't do the same for me and i'm very confused by the morality of this series It's we sing. There is no morality here. Nothing about this is moral. Again, the starting point they were at is a fine lesson for kids to learn that it's okay to not play with your friends if they're playing something you don't want to play. They were cool with it! Like, I realize we're coming off of a year where none of us got to spend any time with our friends, but speaking as someone who very much loves seeing my friends, but also very much cherishes my space and my alone time, it's okay to teach kids, hey, if you don't want to play what your friends are playing, you can do something else. You don't have to be inseparable from them. According to Weezing, you have to do everything your friends want to do. Yada, yada, da. Ah. Weezing says throw a party during the pandemic. Uh. <laughs> Weezing goes up to the introvert, happily playing video games at like one of those autism groups your parents force you to go to and says, you have to socialize. Uh. That cuts deep right there, Randy. Oh, man. So I think we all know our answer to this one, but do we Burn keep- it. Do we keep burn, the tapes baby, or burn, burn it? Yeah, we're burning it. <laughs> as much as in general, I'm like, if something's not for me, I just leave it for the people who it is for. Neutrality is not an option, and I am not both sizing this the way they both sides uh, Little Bunny Foo Foo. Well, I mean, for what it's worth, we did introduce a new option where we can just throw it in the donation box. So the thing is, I don't want to subject an innocent child to this either. So. <laughs> We throw it in the donation box and then set that donation box on fire. (laughs) It's funny, too. I forgot to mention the YouTube link that I was using to watch this. The top comments are all from people talking about how much this fucking scared them as kids. Yeah! All of the one-star reviews on Amazon are all just like, what the fuck? One even said they just let their daughter use it as a chew toy now. Good! I mean, that's probably not safe, but still, it's better use. (laughs) If you grew up with this video and you have fond memories of it, I'm happy for you and I'm not judging you. Uh, If you grew up with this video and you have trauma from it, I understand. Yeah. (laughs) Like I said, I was starting to finally really get why a lot of people found this series so nostalgic. And maybe this will change with the next couple, but good God, this reminded me why I didn't grow up with this. And I'm the person who gave a keep the tapes to fucking Jimbery, so... It's definitely going to be a burn the tapes from me because there's really not much else I could say, but good God, this is fucking terrifying. And good God, the moral is shit. And good 
God, this is so white. At least we sing together. I mean, it's still really fucking terrible, but at least it was just mostly kind of slow and it didn't have a terrible message. I guess outside of give your name and address to these fucking stuffed animals, kids. It's okay. <laughs> I'd still take this over We Sing Together. I'm sorry, boy. In the words of those uh, weird looking nuns from that Dingo Pictures uh, hunchback adaptation, it belongs in a great big fire. <laughs> All right, Dave, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, I make stuff sometimes. YouTube.com slash Doggins, D-O-G-G-A-N-S. Uh, I also have a Patreon where I do a podcast with my wife at Home with the Dogginses. And it's a good podcast. We love it. I hope she's doing okay, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Among the many subseries of our podcast, we do Things We Kind of Remember, which is basically like this show except without revisiting the thing. Oh, nice. <laughs> We basically just talk about something we kind of remember from childhood without doing any research on it, because that takes effort. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, we so gotta invite you guys to talk about Don't Eat the Pictures with us sometime. <laughs> yes. yes, we need to do that as a crossover, because that came up on uh, things we kind of remember. Yes. <laughs> That's been on our list forever, so we definitely gotta get to it. So thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, it was so great to have you. Yeah, sorry it was this. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun to talk about it, even if it wasn't fun to watch. <laughs> Absorbs. All right. And uh, you can find me over on Mission Breakout on Discord and Twitter. You can find me over on my Muppet Twitter, MuppetVision underscore 3D. You can find me on various episodes of Escape from Vault Disney, The Emperor's New Podcast, and Podcast Without a Cool Acronym. And you can find me just wee screaming for the rest of my life because of this fucking tape. <laughs> You can follow me on Cosmic Rewind with a three instead of an E. You can find me on select episodes of Escape from Vault Disney and the Emperor's New Podcast. And uh, you can also find me uh, trying to explain to uh, the We Sing writers that uh, Big Rock Candy Mountain is a metaphor, not a place. <laughs> All right. You can find me on the usual spots, TylerFG on Twitter, TylerFG96 on Instagram. For Channel KRT, you can find us on Twitter at channel underscore KRT. Channel KRT Podcast, all one word, on Instagram. Uh, in our link tree, we have links to our Facebook group and our Discord server. And if you want to help support us, check us out on Patreon, where you can find exclusive minisodes, outtakes, and episodes of this very podcast one day early. And you can also find me bludgeoning Propster to death with a dictionary. You are doing the Lord's work. Thank you. All right, and with that, Channel KRT, cut to static.